0: This episode of Americana Music Profiles is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's leading online therapy platform. The mission of BetterHelp is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient, so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. BetterHelp offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors. An extensive study by the Berkeley Well-Being Institute found BetterHelp to be as effective as face-to-face therapy. And now for a limited time, when you access BetterHelp, you will receive a 10% discount off of your first month. To activate this 10% discount, use my link at betterhelp.com Americana.
1: Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now
0: you are tuned in to another edition of americana music profiles brought to you by americana rhythm music magazine and americana music magazine.com i'm your host greg tutwiler let's jump right in to the next exciting interview new zealand singer-songwriter graham james takes a contemplative look at life in his latest album seasons due out on april 1st this multi-instrument artist is also a producer and took advantage of his talents in the creation of this new project graham joins me here on this new edition of americana music profiles as he talks about the process of putting together this new project hi graham welcome to the podcast
2: Delighted to be here, or well, at some distance, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, and and some distance is uh, is is an understatement. <laughs> um, uh, wh- where are we talking to you from today?
2: Uh, from the Hague in the Netherlands.
0: All right. Uh, that yeah, is, that is a bit of a distance. Uh, what? what uh, yes. uh, I've got a eleven a.m. here as we speak. What time is it for you?
2: I think it's exactly exactly six hours on the other side of the yeah. Atlantic. Okay, so yeah. the um, it's a it's a five o'clock
0: and uh, yeah yeah that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, New Zealand um, home to you for a while, or were you born there? What what's what's home hometown for you?
2: Oh, I, yeah, it's hard to say these days. But yeah, I was born in New Zealand, and. Um, uh, I have a bit of Dutch heritage uh, through my granddad,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so I have dual citizenship, oh, which means I can okay I can live in live in a bunch of different places. And uh, currently, we're living in in uh, the Hague in the Netherlands. But yeah, I think um, I'm a reasonably bad Dutch person, and I, my language skills here are super average. <laughs> um, but if, everyone's English here is incredible, so I feel slightly less bad. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, um, of course, technology and and the ability to connect like we are today has changed a lot of things. But mm. uh, growing up as a younger person uh, throughout the '70s and '80s, and and not being able mm. to communicate with people in other countries, you you mm. uh, don't understand. Really, how many people speak the English language, even if it's a variation of it uh how many how easy it is to communicate like this uh, between countries mm. um and, and it, able... it is
2: a little bit rude <laughs> <laughs> but I... <laughs> It's like, it, learn it, this ridiculous language, everyone. <laughs> it, it,
0: it, right, right, yeah, um, tr- true, yeah, and I don't know whose, whose fault that is, um, but I guess to our defense, uh, we came here speaking it, so it's not a, this is true. This it's is not true. a U.S. problem <laughs> or change, <laughs> um, so yeah, exactly. we, we can't own that one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when did music become a thing for you? Is it uh, lifelong?
2: Yeah, lifelong. So my family's always been, uh, yeah, really musical. Um, And I started. My parents asked me if I wanted to to play any instruments when I was about five, and I started um, miming the uh, the actions of playing a violin. And they thought, "Oof, (laughs) that sounds like a bad idea." So they just they kind of let that slide. And then two years later, I was still wanting to do that. So they thought, "Okay, let's let's give this a go." And then they had to put up with the obligatory three years of yeah. awful noises. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, yeah, things just carried on from there.
0: At what age did that morph into uh, a career playing for uh, something more than just your own entertainment kind of thing?
2: Yeah, well, it was a, it was a bit of a journey, actually, because I, I started out as a classical musician. And then um, all throughout high school, that was kind of my thing. And I wanted to be a concert violinist playing in orchestras and all that. Um, but I had a few repetitive strain injuries from too much violining and kind of uh, bad posture and things, and they never really resolved themselves. So I just ended mm. up giving up on that. Went to uni, studied things that had nothing to do with music. and uh, But I started uh, writing songs. Uh, I picked up the guitar taught myself a few songs and then immediately started a bit of songwriting while I was at uni. And um, after many years of playing the violin, I just I just kind of let it sit in its case for a couple of years. And then, um, yeah, picked up... Uh, there'd, there'd always been a bit of folk music in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a family folk band when I was younger. Mm. And, and so that started uh, kind of re-emerging, And then I picked up a loop pedal at one point and, um, yeah, then all the pieces kind of fell into place. I was like, ah, the violin, I play that. Hmm. And and so I was able to combine all these uh, kind of disparate parts of my musical identity into one thing. And, uh, yeah, it's great.
0: I think I read where you spent some time as a street musician, is that right? Using the loop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah Yeah, totally so the first two years of my um was kind of an improvised career this is around about 2012 um were yeah basically exclusively street performance and i would uh i was living in a different town at the time so i would go down to the the capital city of new zealand which is uh, wellington i drive down there and then play on the street and and um I'd, I'd usually play into the, to the wee small hours of the night mm-hmm. and then sleep in my sleep in my car and do that a couple of nights and eventually make my way back. Um, and then ended up just, um, not through any kind of uh, deprivation, but uh, ended up, um, just spending a couple of weeks and there uh, just playing on the street and sleeping in my car. And I mm-hmm. thought I should probably like just do this actually. So I moved to Wellington, uh, And then I went on tour, and basically, at the time, my touring was just basically finding different streets (laughs) around (laughs) New Zealand. (laughs) So it was very organic. Uh Um, But but, uh, street performance is brilliant for um, proof of concept, and uh, Uh I was able to, even in in those times, I was able to get people to stop and to engage with what I was doing. And so even though it was pretty raw and... um, but rough and ready, that there was a, a sense that this might be a good option, mm-hmm. moving forward.
0: Have you always been able to pursue music uh, as a source of profession, or have there been other things that you you do along the way?
2: Yeah, well, when I start, when I the busking was actually like somewhat lucrative. Um, so when I like I was studying electrical engineering mm-hmm. at the time and uh just as a student and and whatnot and I ended up dropping out of that in my third year to become a a musician Hmm. a little bit a little bit ridiculous um but I had a good incentive to like make it work which is that I wanted to eat food (laughs) um so you know I just I just make it work and go out every day um and if it was raining I'd go down to the train station and and play there and and so r- right from the get-go there wasn't really a plan there wasn't a plan b uh, and i think because there wasn't a plan b i just i, I was able to make it mm-hmm. um, make it happen and then eventually it, it moved more indoors and then around the world
0: when did you find your way into the studio and and feel like you had enough material that you were happy with to record
2: um, it was I think it was probably about a year and a bit into that journey. I mm, okay. I was travelling down to travelling down to uh a place called Queenstown, which is kind of the aspen or um Whistler of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of a ski ski resort town. And it was during the summer. It's just like it's a beautiful mountainous uh kind of place with lots of lakes and um I was playing there and I actually met a met a magician from Boulder, Colorado, hmm. uh, like an absolute veteran. He'd just been traveling around the world for years. Wow. And he said, you need to make it, you need to make an album. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> 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 great, great idea. Yeah. Thank you. Magician. Uh, and I did, uh, I went, I went back to Wellington uh, booked a week's worth of studio time. I had virtually no idea what I was doing. Um, but I had a very patient sound engineer who helped me to put together this album in absolutely no time at all. Uh, and yeah, it was, I then took that, this is kind of when CDs were still vaguely a thing and I I sold a bunch of them on the street and I would get messages from people saying, Hey, this is amazing. This was our soundtrack to our road trips. And,
0: Uh and,
2: um, And eventually it actually, some of those tracks got picked up by Spotify a couple of years later as well. Yeah. Which was very surprising given how I was not at all confident in what I was doing, but I think it ended up being a bit of a vibe.
0: Yeah. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Did you um, play all of the instrumentation on that recording or have some studio guys that you worked with also? Yeah
2: no it was it was completely uh completely me doing my thing, so the first album was a cover album um so the, actually the first two because when you're when you're performing on the street um, you've got a much better chance of stopping people if they go, "Oh, I know this what is this yeah, right. yeah right. um so that really allowed me having those two cover albums under my belt really allowed me to kind of almost serve an apprenticeship in the studio mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time it came around to releasing my third album, which was a, an original album, I was able to kind of hit the ground running. And yeah, it's actually only in recent times that I've started in, um, involving a whole bunch more uh, musicians. Mm,
0: in the studio. Mm. Ha- have you always performed as a solo artist or have there been times where there's been a, quote, band involved? <laughs>
2: Um, I'd often play a couple of songs with my wife during the set. She's a wonderful songwriter and vocalist. Um, And so we'd we'd do that. But uh, to be fair, there was just so much touring and moving around um, that there was really not that much of an opportunity to to involve people, or at least I didn't take the opportunities Mm -hmm. that were there. It's actually only recently... Um, this is kind of your classic uh, musician COVID experience. You're like, oh, I should do things differently. (laughs) (laughs) Probably everyone you have on your podcast is like, and then COVID came. Right. (laughs) Um, So, but for me, it was, I I hooked up with a bunch of uh, people here in a studio and um, we made, yeah, just started making some, some cool music together uh, of a whole bunch of different genres. And then, um, ended up, uh, yeah, with a bunch of collaborations um, through that. Uh, Turned out that my accountant was also, like, a wonderful drummer.
1: (laughs) That's cool. So,
2: like, and, like, he had never done anything like this before, but, like, um, there was a a track off the, off the, um, the Seasons album and, like, it ended up getting featured in Rolling Stone and they specifically mentioned his drumming as being, like, Oh, that's cool. completely outrageous. So, like, <laughs> it just it's a yeah, doing things with friends is a, is a real buzz.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what inspires you as a songwriter? What, uh, and specifically for the new album, which you mentioned, mm. seasons. Did did you create the songs uh, specifically for this record, or, or go back through your library?
2: Um, so I think the majority of them were written. Uh, it was an interesting project because it it ended up being written, like I came up with the idea for it pre-COVID and just kind of sat and wrote um, a lot of stuff based around seasonal themes. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, yeah, the, the Netherlands is, it's not like, it's not particularly extreme in terms of its seasonality, but it's a whole lot more, seasonal than New Zealand
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, just because of the deciduous trees as opposed to the evergreen ones in New Zealand. And, and, you know, you get a bit of snow in winter and um, yeah, the seasons were just were just so much more distinct. And so that inspired this kind of songwriting yeah, process. And um, so I, I think there's probably only one or two songs Maybe even none. <laughs> they were kind of, uh, yeah, like possibly one or two songs that were like, oh, I think this fits into that theme.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it was, a lot of it was just kind of writing and then, um, yeah, just using the seasons as a metaphor uh, for various kind of um, aspects of, of human existence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um a, a lot of songwriters, singer-songwriters, are kind of limited to one instrument. that's the one that they've always played guitar, maybe piano, <clears> kind of thing. Um, being a multi-instrumentalist, when you write songs, do you do you incorporate the other instruments and in the sounds as you're creating? when do, when do the other, when do the other instruments sounds come into your writing process?
2: it's a really good question i wish i had an amazing answer but um (laughs) i think i i end up um i end up just often just going back to whatever's lying around
0: Uh okay uh,
2: at the time so it's like i have a couple of go-to's and they're basically a baritone ukulele that i've done awful things to in terms of its tuning um and that's always just lying uh, like uh lying around Uh and then Usually, guitar. I mean, there was a few sort of songs that were keyboard or piano-led or mandolin-led, but mostly it ends up being just just playing around with chords and looking mm-hmm. for interesting mm-hmm. inversions and something to kind of spark that process. Um, but I'm I'm basically like every other <laughs> singer-songwriter <laughs> at the initial stages.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do do you Not, uh, uh which comes first the melody or the words? Does it does it have a a, a Yeah,
2: uh it's for me it's almost always chords and then some sort of garbled melody um a, a kind of usually gibberish based around one or two uh-huh. kind of uh phrases and then discovering what the song is about. Yeah. Um, I don't tend to go into uh, probably 75% of the songs that I write, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm writing when okay. I start out. And then the clarity kind of comes over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is, this is a song about this and, and it will start that way and, and kind of track its way through to the end. But often I'm discovering, uh, things about the song and about myself as I'm writing them
0: uh-huh. Hmm. interesting um, the album is seasons we are talking mm-hmm. early March I think I saw the release date on that is April 1st or right around there yeah yeah Yep. and singles are out already yes okay and yep. um, um, video have you have you been able to do some video with these two
2: yeah, yeah. So the um the Everlasting Love, which was the, the first single, I was in Rome recently and uh managed to um find a, a brilliant local videographer to kind of uh follow me around <laughs> making making assorted uh street noises. Yeah. <laughs> uh that was really fun. Yeah. and then um yeah the, the next one is gonna be uh, based here in in the Hague. Yeah, um, it's it's an autumn theme song, and it's very much winter. So I'm going to go find some leaves and throw them at things. Before, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: How, how far out are you thinking? Are you are you already working on the next project, or, or not quite that fast? Um, I
2: think no. I, I yeah. Also a good question. I think I um. There's a lot of kind of other background things going on. So started writing songs but I'm not really sure of the direction hmm. uh, like I'm I can be very uh, enthused about many different things so I'm like like for a, about a whole month I was pretty sure I was gonna go down some sort of indie folk rock kind of path <laughs> <laughs> and and then you're like oh that's actually not that not that good or idea and, and so I, I think uh, I'm I'm just going to sit on things for a while after yeah. this. And,
0: yeah.
2: And, and just, just I think I need a bit more time to percolate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How can people get in touch, uh, get a copy of the record, listen to the videos, uh, watch the videos, yeah. listen to the music? What's the best way to do all that?
2: Well, it, um, it'll all be out on Spotify and, uh, and all the various streaming services and Graham, James, sorry, Graham with the weird spelling, but... G-R-A-E-M-E,
0: mm-hmm.
2: James. I think it's um, it's a tricky one because there's a, um, if you spell it the normal way, which is with the grey ham, mm-hmm. and you end up with a, a lot of news articles for a, um, a pedophile hockey coach in Canada, so not such a good <laughs> not such a good vibe.
0: Don't want to go down that path. <laughs>
2: don't go down there. He's a terrible musician as well. Uh, no, um, so, um, yeah, so that, yeah, Graham James TV on on YouTube and there'll be some vinyl coming out in the near future. Cool. Not quite timed with the release, but um, later in 2022.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks, Graham. I appreciate the um, uh, chat and um, always good to connect, uh, make these instant connections and and learn about music in other parts of the the country from us at least. And so we certainly wish you well with it.
2: Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Greg, and thanks to the listeners. And, yeah, we'll uh, see you around.
0: Thanks again for
2: tuning in to this episode of Americana
0: Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.